Agency Unfiltered wraps up our stay in Chicago with Paul Brienza, Chief Technology Officer at Laughlin Constable. In this episode with Paul, we talk about how clients can effectively manage their increasingly sophisticated client base. It's no secret, clients have become more tech savvy and more in tune with the digital landscape, which has the opportunity to add friction to your team's ability to consult and to drive strategy. Paul explains what this growth and sophistication looks like, how he has tweaked his model to account for these advancements, and how he prioritizes continuous improvement for his team. Stay ahead of the curve by watching right now. Well, Paul, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate having you, uh, having you on the show. I'm happy to be here. Um, excited to get into this topic. I think when we were talking about it the other day, it was really interesting, but, but you brought up this idea that the clients that us as agencies are dealing with have become even more sophisticated or more digitally savvy than ever before, and it doesn't sound like that's gonna stop. No, it's not gonna stop, and the big reason for that is, is that the talent is changing. Hmm. Uh, the talent that the clients have, um, they used to be just like us, and they were all um, new to digital, and they didn't actually know how to do it, so they were really hungry to hear from us, who knew just a little bit about it, but we were able enough to, to put together a website for them. Sure. And then as the website got, as the web got more and more complicated, they got more savvy about it, and actually the more they used the, the digital means to purchase goods for themselves, they started to see, how does this work for me? How does this work uh, for my business? So they became a little bit more savvy, and so they, they asked different questions. Um, mm -hmm. They asked different questions of, you know, why can't it work like Uber, right? Why can't it work like this? And then we have to explain to them, and we have to unpackage why um, things don't always work as smooth. There's a lot of technology behind there. Yeah. Now, when we say sophistication, marketing, digital, right, like that, that can be pretty broad. Like, are there any like particulars or specifics as to what sort of sophistication you've been seeing from a digital marketing perspective at, at your clients? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it really goes back to the early days of the web. You know, the first websites were really just a corporate brochure. Mm -hmm. They had the About Us section. They had like the board of directors. They listed out the main product categories. And it really was just a reflection of themselves. And then the, webs, the websites began to get a little bit more and more complex, product databases. You know, people could look at different products. They'd have the basic marketing bullet points of why does the manufacturer think it's really good. And then those things slowly evolved where you started in putting like social proof. So you have, you know, user ratings, star ratings and all of this, and you yeah. started to influence what the consumers are thinking about the products by what others are saying about it. And then from there, um, you know, the websites got a little bit more complex when consumers were able to say, hey, I want to have a relationship with the brand. And then with that, they, you, know, you started seeing the little Facebook icons or the Twitter icons, and then you had those little white boxes that were the email signups. Mm -hmm. And people wanted to say, hey, look, I want the brand to contact me when there's something new. And that's the type of level of sophistication that we're like in the early days, where it's really just this one-to-many on, one conversations. Now when you start to get to the websites, people want to have it uh, to be personalized for them. They want to be able to say, what are the product recommendations that others have looked at you know, besides this main product that I'm looking at, what have others found helpful? But behind the scenes to make all of that work, you need to have a lot of data. And that's, I think, the biggest stumbling block for clients mm. nowadays is to understand that in order to make all this cool stuff work, you actually have to have all of the data. And you really have to invest in gathering the data, but keeping the data updated, and then figuring out different ways to use that data to give your consumer or your customer usefulness from it. 
Yeah, and that personalized experience, yeah, right? Absolutely, I mean, personalization, it's, you know, my favorite thing is when a client says, hey, I want it to be just like Apple. And I'm like, great, I will do that. But here's all the stuff that I'm gonna so need to. You need to open you. a credit card, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, but everybody wants to be just like the last best experience. But what they don't realize is the amount of work that it's taken to create those, those experiences. And to me, that's the most fascinating thing to try to explain to a client. But then what you do is you break it down and you create a roadmap. Say so you want this experience, but then let's let's show you how you can get there, and let's do it in little little steps. And along the way, you're going to learn from the data from that first step. That's going to influence actually what you do for the second step, so on and so forth. Yeah. So it's not just yeah step one, and we're going to get you there, but it's actually kind of the moonshot at the end. But we'll walk down the whole process of how to get to that eventual ideal state. Exactly. You break it down in the timeline format. Exactly. Because clients don't have all the budgets in the world, right? They they have desires. To, to, to get to that end goal right away. But what they don't understand is, they, A, they can't afford it. Two, they aren't operationally ready mm -hmm. to do everything that they would like. And the third piece is, is that you don't want to do it all at once because you want to do it in phases where you learn from the first phase, which will then improve the second phase and improve the third phase. Right, uh, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. We've mentioned clients being very sophisticated, right? Mm -hmm. I want to be like Apple, why can't this work like Uber? That's great that they're now so sophisticated and they understand digital in a whole new way, but how do we then meet them where they're at? So what does this mean internally at your agency? What does this mean for your team? How do you get and build up your teams and your people mm -hmm. to meet these clients where they are, are at in regards to the sophistication and like privy or, or uh, knowledge behind the digital opportunities? Yeah, I would say that the most important thing is talent. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time um, developing a culture so people can rally behind what we're trying to do. But once you have that culture, though, that's great. But you also have to have the processes and uh, the steps to really go out and find great talent. And talent is really is getting more and more challenging. Um, I mean, the, the unemployment rate is at the lowest it's ever been. But really, to find the people that have the really good digital talent, you need to dig deep. And you also have to you know, ask your employees, who have you worked with in the past? Who do you want to work with again? And try to recruit them. Um, one of the things that we've done is focus a lot on education. So we do a lot of internal training. Um, we've launched a academy this year where we'll train people that have been at the agency for um, three years um, a little bit more about the agency, a little bit more about what it means to work in the advertising digital space because that's an important point in somebody's career where they decide, hey, am I wanting to make this a full-time um, career for me and to, st and to stay at this agency you know, for, for more years or is it, is it the right time for me to, to move on to another yeah. opportunity? So, so it pulls the curtain back from like the business element so it teaches them about like the business side of running, managing an agency? That Absolutely. Of, yeah. Absolutely. We want, we want them to understand why are decisions made, how are, how are choices and tough, tough, uh, tough decisions being actually made um, because then they get a little bit more buy-in and yeah. they understand exactly what's happening. So the, so the talent, education is key. Um, it's also having to give people the ability um, to try new things. And so we encourage people to, to you know, work, a, work across different areas of the agency to get a little bit more exposure. Um, the other side of it is, is internships. Um, we're having to hire younger and younger uh, uh, talent um, and really starting the hiring process young. And so for the last two years, we've been really going into the high schools. And we aren't hiring a whole bunch of kids out of high schools, but we generally hire a couple of them that are generally in their junior or senior year and really start to get them to understand, A, what it's like to to be in an agency, but then also we get a little uh, understanding of what they're like, and they're bringing a lot of uh, insights and information 
into us, like um, how is it best to use the internet? Because look, those the kids that we're bringing in, um, they're um, native. To the, yeah, to they're the at the internet. forefront of yeah. all the updates, changes, the growing sophistication. They're they're growing right alongside. Well, they don't know the world without the internet, so they're. They, they're just, their minds are just open. Um, and they're extremely talented. And um, they question a lot. And you learn a lot from those questions. That's great. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's a great time, I mean, frankly, to have these, have these people coming in and just, just, they're just, they bring a breath of like fresh air hmm. uh, for us. Tell me about a time, if you have uh, one, like an example, but just where we had a client super sophisticated about anything in particular, um, super privy, super, super knowledgeable about something in regards to digital or marketing, mm -hmm. and that actually caused friction. Maybe you couldn't deliver those capabilities, or maybe your team wasn't there yet with their own know-how. Um, so what was that gap, or what was that friction, and then how did you, you solve for it, if there's an example? Yeah, no, there's, there's always examples of friction. Um, but there's also examples of really good things as well, right? Um, you, you know, Friction causes fire, so. Yeah, and then fire actually. Well, sorry, with the flywheel, we're supposed to reduce friction. Yes, so exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the other, the challenges we have, you know, go into like some of the larger technology projects that we work on because clients don't understand the complexity and the amount of work it takes um, to, to, to do these big projects that really are going to bring better value to their businesses. You know, an area that we, we always will work with quite a bit is the understanding of content and the value of writing good original content and how that is not only going to help you from a social standpoint, it'll help you from an email standpoint, it'll help you from a web standpoint. Mm -hmm. And so laying out, here's how you create a good SEO strategy. Here's the reasons why you need to have it. Um, and then also, you know, from a content writing standpoint, why do you really have to have a, you know, a tone and voice defined? Yeah. And so we spend a lot of time working with clients on that, but they, it, it's tough for them if you don't really lay it out and explain to them why you need to, to do it this way. And then also all the different uh, possible uses for that. Mm. And that's an area that we, we, we work through quite a bit. Um, the other side of it is also just with the, the maintenance side of a digital platform. Look, um, a lot of clients think, hey, I'll build a website and then I'll forget it. And then five years later, I'll call, find another agency, and I'll have them rebuild it all. And we try to work with our clients to say, no, what you want to do is build an MVP, a minimal viable product. And then based off of that, have an idea of what's, what does phase one look like complete. But then you roll into phase two and roll into phase you know, three or four or whatever. And you always make just iterative little changes yeah. to improve the website, improve the experience that you're actually providing to your customer. And that, that's a change. That's a mind shift um, that clients have need to have these days is it's not a build it forget it and come back it's uh it's uh, at hubspot we call that growth driven design yes. for websites right just yeah. can, you have your launch pad and then very iterative so yep. uh totally support that that mind shift or mindset um now you've mentioned that when clients or digital is changing clients are becoming more sophisticated you've had to change some processes or maybe you've had to make some tweaks to how things are laid out internally do you have any particular examples to that yeah i mean one of the bigger shifts is just how we actually will produce work for our clients um, in the past we would do a waterfall design where we basically will you know figure out all of the requirements and we'll write those out in great detail and get the client to buy off on that. And then we go into the creative phase and we say, hey, we're gonna give you three creative concepts you're gonna to need to pick one. They pick one and then we move into the next phase. Mm -hmm. And it's very, you know, very staged and it's very methodical in how you get things done. The challenge with that is it's very rigid and it's very hard to institute change as you start to learn more and more about your client or more and more about the client's business challenges mm -hmm. as you start to work on stuff. So we've gone back and we work um, with Agile. And we don't do pure Agile because pure Agile is extremely rigid and it's like, 
going from one extreme to the other. But we do a hybrid where um, we'll set up and work with our clients to kick things off. We'll do a workshop to truly understand all the different aspects of, of what they would like this project to be. And then we work with them to rank all of these things in a priority order. And then based off of that, we'll chip off you know, a segment of those priorities and we'll run it in a two-week sprint. And what the benefit for the clients is that they start to see a product develop very quickly. So within two weeks, they start to see something being created. That gives them energy and excitement to actually understand this thing is coming to life, it's, it's real, versus the old way where you set it up and then two months, three months later, depending on the length of the project, it's, you pull it off and it's like, surprise, here it is, do you like it? <laughs> and they probably like aspects of it, but they don't like the whole thing. Right. What Agile does is it allows you to involve your client throughout the process. And at the end, they're very happy with the product because they were there um, every two weeks making decisions on what what shape this thing has become. They're involved in that iterative process versus waiting, to your point, the box opening up and here's the final product, exactly. right? Yeah. yeah, no more unboxing. <laughs> um, so as we talk about clients learning more, understanding more, why can't this be like Uber or even to like, oh, now blogs have social icons, right? So you can share. So big or small, as things change and, and clients want different things, how do you and how do your team stay ahead of that curve? So what are your tactics to just maintaining ahead of that sophistication curve, if you will? So and it goes back to the hiring process. You know, we really want to hire good, curious um, thinkers, mm -hmm. people that want to explore um, and, and learn new things. So you've got to hire that, that curiosity thinker. But we also have to provide the platform for them to innovate and to test things out. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we did is we created a lab called LC Labs, and it allows the team to go in and tinker um, with voice, uh, with image recognition, um, AI, all of those bleeding edge pieces of technology, it allows them to test it out and learn. And then conversely, they're able to then plow that into aspects of client work. So they'll be able to bring that technology into client work. And so it's that, it's that curiosity piece that you have to find at the hiring process, but then giving them the permission within you know, agency-sponsored things like uh, LC Labs, um, and then allowing them to then take those learnings and put it into a client product. That's great. So yeah. it's mindset and people, yep. but then we all need to create labs, right? Here are your yep. safety goggles, now just go test out a bunch of stuff. Whatever sticks and what works and what seems impactful, uh, find the right clients to roll yeah, it out I mean, to. And it's, it's, it's a lot of work to put these things together because you have to figure out what's the right model. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like us all just going back to being kids. And you know, testing stuff out and seeing, well, this didn't work, so let me not do that again. Putting Mentos in the Diet Coke and seeing, you know, um, where does that fit into like time and bandwidth? You know, like how much? I would assume, I don't know, maybe you know, your folks are, are tracking their time when they're delivering, or for clients. But where does labs and the testing, like, how do you fit that into their overall workday, work week, month? Yeah, it's it, it, it's a balance, right? I mean, there's going to be surges of client work where you you basically change that percentage of what's going into innovation or thinking or tinkering, um, and you, you you put a lot more emphasis on on addressing the client work. But then as you're as you're planning out the ebbs and flows of client work, where you have a little bit of valleys, you, you dedicate more time um, to the innovation side. Um, or there's sometimes people just have passion projects and they'll find the time yeah. to work above and beyond just to work on that little passion project and see it come to life. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, is there anything in particular recently that came out of the lab that you could tell us worked really cool, like some cool experiment that, that you were able to roll into a client engagement? Yes. Um, so we have a client, um, they're a fruit grower. They grow a little fruit. Um, and just through conversation, we found out that they had challenges with bugs cons consuming the fruit. 
very simple stuff, but they were, they were eating on the fruit. But in order for the client to get the um, type of bug identified, you'd have to go to the county extension agency to get it identified. And it's like a two to three week process. It was just you know, extremely long. And these people were saying, by the time we wait two to three weeks, our entire crop, exactly, you know, the bugs have moved on to somebody else's product. <laughs> but so what we did is we, through just image recognition, we created a, a app that basically we trained it by taking pictures of good bugs and bad bugs, consumed leaves and non-consumed leaves, and we were able actually to train the app to identify what type of bug it was. Wow. And so, you know, we've put that, we've put that out into the field um, and it's being tested right now um, because the crops are just starting to uh, get their leaves, hopefully, yeah. in a couple, couple months or so. Um, I'll be certainly interested to hear how that oh, goes yeah. out. But that's the crazy stuff that, yeah. you, know, you, if, you know, you just give people, you know, the right tools and the right technology. It's amazing what they can do. It's like I almost, I already asked you what's the weirdest part of agency life before even getting there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well. <laughs> uh, but hold your answer to that. Hold your answer. Sounds like you have another one. Yeah. Um, just last question yeah. before that one, based on what you've seen uh, in the lab, emerging yeah. technology, bleeding edge type concepts in marketing, mm -hmm. what do you think... Uh, or what do you feel uh, is the next big thing that's going to impact marketing? Maybe something that you're excited about, um, but out of that list of bleeding edge tech and concepts and strategies, uh, what has your eye or what caught your ear? So I, I think it's the ability for the technology to understand your place and then come back with recommendations that are relevant to past things that you've done in similar situations. Hmm. And so it's just, it's like, you know, when you look at your phone, right, we've all parked somewhere um, or we need to go home and your phone just literally knows where you've parked your car, that's, that's where I think the next edge of technology is gonna be, where the mm. phone, the device just knows who you are, what the place is, what you may need to do next, and it just helps you, it helps you along. Gives you recommendations along the way. Exactly, I think that's perfect. Because I know tonight I'll you know, put my phone in my, in my car and it's gonna know that I need to go home and it'll tell me, you know, here's the route. It'll play the first song on your alphabetical playlist, right? Exactly. It always starts with whatever starts exactly. with the letter A. Yeah. Um, awesome. Last question for yeah. you, Paul. What is the weirdest thing about agency life? So I'll say two things. Uh, nothing ever happens with a phone call after 5 p.m. Nothing's good. So never pick that phone call up. Yeah. Um, yeah. The second thing. We're, we're not heart surgeons or brain surgeons. We're exactly. Martyrs, right. That's a, yeah. that's a tomorrow morning thing. Yeah. Stay away from those calls. Yeah. Um, but the other piece that I would say is I love learning and. I mean, I'll go to work every single day, and one day I'll work with a client that's, you know, let's say on locks. The next day it'll be like a medical device, or it'll be a piece of like sporting goods. And the diversity of what you get to work with is just so crazy. Mm -hmm. and so it's, but it's so exciting because you're touching different things throughout well, your day. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Awesome. If you like what you watched, make sure to subscribe to our Agency Unfiltered newsletter, which will remind you when the next episode drops as well as send you a ton of other helpful, strategically curated agency content. You could also subscribe to our channel on YouTube or podcast on SoundCloud. And if you want to keep the conversation going, tweet me at Kevin underscore Dunn. Remember, keep it unfiltered, stay weird. I'm Kevin Dunn, and I'll see you next time.